This is Ross FM Sport. This is Sport Pulse on Ross FM Sport. Very welcome to this week's Sports Pulse with myself, Aidan Raftery, and uh, we hope you'll stay with us for the next two hours. We have uh, loads, uh, loads on for you. We have the local, national, international news. We have the we have some great interviews with sports people and uh, so stay tuned with us if you have anything you would like mentioned on the show don't forget you can text us or send a whatsapp message or call us on 0894304496 or else you can email um you can email show at gmail.com so uh, if you're a club or a supporter and you know someone that would like to be featured on the show or you'd like something that to be mentioned on the show why not send it in to us and we'd be delighted to mention it on the show so after this next up we have this week's local national and international news very welcome to this week's local national and international sport with myself aiden raftery and uh, of course, as you're aware, there was mixed fortunes for the Roscommon teams over the weekend, and we kick off with the uh, with Roscommon's match against Mayo in the Connacht Senior Football Championship semi-final in Doctor Hyde Park, where uh, Roscommon took on a very, very impressive Mayo side who uh, didn't have a great run, as you know, in the in Division One of the National Football League, and. Uh, you know they went down on the last day uh, to Tyrone in the league, but this is a very different, uh, you know, Mayo are a diff- very different uh, team when it comes to the championship, and they showed that with a great win over Leitrim in the semi in the quarter final, and then, um, you know, blitzing their their senior footballers on um on the in the semi final last sunday on a score line of 116 to 113 i suppose you could say that uh you know mayo were had the better start and they took advantage of it with early points and then of course um a goal as well roscommon roscommon uh, made a bit of a revival and they went down they were went in at half time six points down and they came out in the second half it looked not too bad maybe that possibly that they could have made a few a few changes at half time maybe and uh, more more atta- to bring more attacking play into the uh, into their attack you know into their style of football um you know but it was uh, up front and throughout the game they were you know were just uh, you know you know they, they were playing very direct football german german Murta came on in the, late in the second half and he made a difference scoring two points but ultimately uh, ultimately it was Mayo that ran out uh, winners on that on that scoreline. Now, however, to be to um to Roscommon's credit, they did uh, make a great comeback in the second half, and you know with uh, some impressive points without reply. But uh, Mayo had the uh, had all the work done, I suppose, in fairness, in the first half, and uh, so look at this. Uh, this Roscommon team is not done yet. Uh, I'm sure they have Division One football to look forward to. They can now concentrate on their um, preparations for the tw- the twenty twenty one National Football League Division One campaign, and I'm sure we'll come we'll come back and see 
a, a very different Roscommon team next season in the National Football League COVID obviously uh, permitting so uh, hard luck to uh, to Roscommon and we look forward to uh, seeing you perform in 2021 however elsewhere the Roscommon senior hurlers had uh, better form where they took on where they took on Sligo in the Christie Ring Cup and uh, they had a they had a great win over they had a great win uh, at 20 point Roscommon 20 points to Sligo's 17 points and that was in the Christie Ring Cup to division to around 2b and uh, you know that i suppose really you could say myself and ray lannan did a did a match commentary podcast on this game out in that league uh the the pitch was in perfect condition con- considering the um considering the time of year but uh, i suppose really the hurler the lads were used to playing and and you know from all clubs were used to playing in the hide for the for the uh Roscommon Senior Club hurling championship, but uh, you know where there's wide open space and uh, allows for more expansive hurling. But that said, you know Roscommon Roscommon played well throughout. Although to be fair, Sligo had the better start. You know they were creating more chances and they put uh, early points on the board. Roscommon then replied and came back. They went to Sligo went three points up before they came back before the before um. Roscommon scored, but Roscommon settled down after that, and they scored some very handy, for some very good points. Cahill Dolan was the standout man of the, the the game. He was putting them over from freeze, but he was also setting up chances and creating chances, uh, for his teammates. Sligo had a had a goal chance in the first half, um, but uh, it blazed wide. Of course, the um the. You know the change of position for um Nace Connaughton, who was play who played in goal and did very well against Wicklow again against Wicklow in goals and uh, you know he was in goal again in um in this game against Sligo and played very well his po- his puckouts were on the money in fairness to him and uh, you know he was very solid in goals and uh, we'd like to say well done to Nace Connaughton and um, you know in the second half Roscommon came out much the better team the first half was uh, I was uh, kind of even enough but in the second half Roscommon had a better start to the second half and uh, they scored uh, a, a good number of points and um, you know a couple of things happened um, you know, uh, Pat Nolan ha- was was given a yellow card for for a strong challenge, and unfortunately, you know, he was he had to be substituted just to to avoid being sent off. I suppose really, and um, then Mickey Joe Egan was was sent off for a, a rash challenge, um, you know, so that kind of reduced their their power fire point power to an extent, but um, you know, to be fair, Sligo, Sligo, you could say should have won it. They had the chances to win it. They had sixteen wides, uh, throughout the game, uh. So they they had the chances to win it, but they just uh, they missed a lot of chances. But again, you know, from freeze now they were they were very good. Again, you know, from all over, from all over the um, from all over the field. However, Roscommon finished finished strongly, and uh, you know, they were one point up with a few minutes to go. But uh, they had, you know, they they. Sligo had a lot of chances uh, when when Roscommon were a point up so they could have equalised if not went ahead in that, uh, you know, in the last five minutes but the Roscommon defence 
stood stood up to the pressure very well and uh, you know after that then Roscommon then scored a, another point and then a, then another point then to uh, win the game three points my score my for you know for a Roscommon fan I have to say I'm delighted for Roscommon but looking at this game uh, this is a game that Sligo left behind however now looking ahead Roscommon take on Kildare now in Newbridge this Saturday in the Christie Ring Cup semi-final so we'd like to we'd like to wish them we'd like to wish them all the best and well done on the, on the win over Sligo and uh, moving on to the ladies footballers as uh, Roscommon ladies footballers had a 115 to uh, 2-9 win over Wexford in the TG Cahar All-Ireland Intermediate Football Championship uh, they've, they've played well throughout. They have some new members of the panel. Um, it's great to see, you know, um, it's great to see ladies football getting such great coverage on TG Cahar. They're doing their bit, so well done to TG Cahar. And, uh, of course, you know, we I, I do podcast interviews as well with uh, with Ollie Colgan as well, and he's very excited about this, this season, of course. Uh, there are many, there are some great talent in, in that squad, uh, you know Jenny Jenny uh, Jenny Higgins has been playing well for for years. One of the one of the more experienced most experienced players on the panel. This is a very talented team. After what has to be said was a, a rather excellent Roscommon Ladies Football Club Championship, and uh, you know they're all they're all back with the uh, with the county with the county panel and have been preparing. Not not easy when you consider the COVID kind of you know with regards to training and different things it it hasn't been easy, and um, there has it there has been an exemption for the county teams to be be training but of course they have to be uh, they have to be careful but uh, yeah the Roscommon senior or the Roscommon intermediate ladies team ladies footballers did very well and uh, after that win against Wexford now they take they take on Offaly this weekend so. We'd like to wish them all the best there, and um, you know it's it'll be it'll be great to see if they if they do do well, and of course, you know there's common senior hurlers as well. So we'd like to wish them all the best in the in the next round of uh, their respective competitions. And uh, now for the more national and international stories, and. Uh, Stephen Kenny identifies bigger bigger picture as we know there has been uh, one case in the squad already with COVID-19 who's, who missed last night's last night's international friendly against England in Wembley the next two games are going to be really tell how they're going to get on now they have uh, they have Wales away and they have Bulgaria two two tough games I suppose you could say they should have they could have won um both the home legs and those respective fixtures, uh, but Wales are a very good sign. Aaron, Aaron Ramsey playing very well at the moment, and of course now that uh, now that uh, you know now that Gareth Bale is back as well, it'll be a tough it'll be a tough option. Of course, as I said, we're we're missing one player due to um, due to COVID nineteen, and of course you know the contact tracing will come into play there. So there could be a few more um, due to be. Uh, close contact so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out but I suppose at this stage now of the of the league of the Nations League we need to be getting points on the board we're playing a good style of football uh, doing very well but we need to we need to get points on the board and we need we need I suppose to be putting 
some some goals and some balls in the back of the net so let's hope that that can happen of course in golf as well there's uh, the contenders um you know the in the for the masters as well that's uh, that's coming up in, in augusta so that's to look forward to of course um as you as you know uh liverpool have a have um some bad news as regards gomez he he's out injured for a lengthy spell um you know torn 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 ligaments in the in the foot or whatever so that's going to he'd be a huge mess but in fairness you know people were saying about uh you know when van dyke got injured that uh, it's going to be a you know where you know that liverpool you know their chances of uh, winning the league now have sizably reduced because they don't have him in defense however saying that since that happened the Liverpool are actually undefeated both in Europe and in the in uh, the Premier League. So you know there's uh, the the youth that have the youths play the young players that have come in have kind of proved that theory wrong. I mean, you know, Reese Williams and other pay, other players that came in to that particular position and various partnerships um, have shown that they can do the job. Obviously they're missing the leadership of Van Dyke, but they have uh, Jar you know Jordan Henderson uh, in midfield a great captain doing very well great to see him back after his injury so uh, but I suppose he has I suppose with Van Dyke he has the leadership in defense to organize the defense and between him between him and Allison it's great to see Allison back you know there's it just kind of shores up the defense uh, Seamus Coleman says says what treatment Grealish and Rice have uh, expect in the match yeah that's it you know um you know they, they have been playing as we know Rice and Grealish declared for England after playing most of their, after playing all their uh, underage career for Ireland um you know I suppose they they were born in England so I know like you know at the start when we heard it you know we were kind of angry that they they went to uh the they declared for england but i suppose they have to think of their choice and i suppose the more chances uh, they feel obviously that the more chances of getting to european championships and world cups with england of course you know if, if we had players like that you know ireland would have a huge chance of getting to the european championships as well but i suppose they have to do what what they feel is the best thing and uh you know illustrious paddy Paddy Power billboard at Wembley rips into Declan Rice and Jack Ch- and Jack Grealish. So, you know, it's it's a wonder that's going on. But, uh, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, the two players have declared for England and it's time we moved on. There's no, no use in going on about, you know, the players we could have had. All we can do is get behind the, the squad that we do have and hope that that's, you know, that we can... Uh, achieve things with that car frampton and barry mcguigan settle big money legal battle so that's good news for that you know the boxing boxing going well going well enough for ireland in fairness so yeah so that is the uh, local national and international news for now or the local national and international sport for now hello michael how are you i'm not too bad at all Aiden. how are you not too bad, no, not too bad. Welcome to uh, Former One View, and uh, I'd also like to welcome all the listeners into this uh, the podcast. 
Formula F1 review with myself, Aidan Ramfrey, and of course the legend, the man with the legendary status in the in the Formula One circles, that is uh, Michael O'Grady. Is that right, Michael? Ah, uh, that's absolutely right. Thank you for the legendary badge as well. I wear it everywhere I go. It just says legendary. <laughs> well, this is it, you know. This is it. Yeah. So uh, another week, interesting weekend of uh, Formula One, as always. Another, as always, a very interesting weekend in Formula One. Of course, we had the Portuguese Grand Prix uh, last weekend. And Mercedes, believe it or not, claimed their record seventh consecutive constructors title, uh, which has never been done before. Ferrari hit six. uh, Mercedes have just hit seven. With uh, uh, Hamilton winning, uh, leading home, of course, teammate Valtteri Bottas. And a very delighted Danny Ricciardo in third place for Renault. Uh, nice to see it actually. It's nice to see when the uh, when the sort of uh, underdog comes back forwards a bit, as they say. <laughs> well, it has was, to be done too. Yeah, well, that's very true. It's the only way you can do it, really. But there was a bit of a late race drama um, as Red Bull's Max Verstappen, who was second at the time, would have been very interesting for Max to get second, um, retired uh, after appearing to suffer a bit of a tire issue. Uh, bringing out the safety car, uh, uh, which led to a, a bit of a climatic race end, I suppose you could say. Uh, Abadas did have a strong start in Imola in the race from pole position, leading into turn two. But And Hamilton lost out to Verstappen uh, on the way on lap one and had moved back to third. But uh, Mercedes' decision to give Hamilton a long first stint really paid dividends. Uh, uh, Re- Reynolds Esteban Ocon. Uh, retired at the side of the track uh, at lap, lap 29 along the way too, which uh, led to a virtual safety car allowing Hamilton to pit and come back out in the lead. Now, having watched the race, I have to admit, if he didn't have the virtual safety car and wasn't able to pit in it, he would not have passed Bottas or Verstappen, well, other than Verstappen's breakdown. Uh, and it would have been nice to see something, uh, uh, someone else being up there, as they say. Um, but look, that's the way the race panned out. And uh, he retained it till uh, first place. Uh, but with 12 laps to go, actually. Verstappen's retirement um, led to a full safety car. Set up a kind of a breathless first, first final few laps, I should say. Which ultimately saw Hamilton hold on to the win ahead of Bottas. Uh, and Danny get that second place. Um, so, I mean, it was it was very good. Third place went to Danny Kivy and the Alpha Tori, which is very nice to see Alpha Tori doing very well. And Charles Leclerc in Ferrari was fifth. It's nice to see Ferrari climbing their way back again. Because <laughs> yeah. it, really, it really only is going to be Ferrari and Red Bull who... Um, lead the charges they say next year against Mercedes so it's, it's nice to see them picking themselves back up again which is good well I suppose did you, moving... did, did, did you miss them did I miss them I did indeed I've been just pining away ever since I've not been able to get it right at all <laughs> it is and nice this, to see them back them returning now is the shining light that in the face of the darkness of uh, Covid it was the one it was the one bright thing in your life now the Ferrari are back Yay! It's just really been that um, lack of being able to develop the car this year has has caused issues. Uh, And we may have that next year again, believe it or not, because um, Formula One is planning 23 race calendar for 2021, which is going to be a bit hectic as well. Um, I'm not sure this is a good thing. It's going to leave a lot of people sort of 
having problems getting upgrades done because every so often you get them two weeks break. You know, the, the guys are not all sunning themselves in the Bahamas for a week. They're actually back improving the car and finding out ways to get it even better and better and better and better. And without that time being back at the factory and without that time to be able to test and test and test, it is going to mean that the cars are going to... Well, it's not, it's not that they're not going to develop, but they're probably all co-develop at the same time. So, you know, if your car is ahead of someone, in all likelihood is going to stay there for the entire season. But look, there is other things that are coming along as well. Uh, there's an addition of a brand new race this year in Saudi Arabia. Um, so that's a, that's, a, that's a whole new kettle of fish altogether, um, which is going to be good. Uh, of course, being more races... Um, I suppose, in a way, the COVID-19 pandemic has kind of revised the schedule this year and made the campaign totally different. It's it's bunched all the races together, which means it's almost a practice for next year, you could dare say. Yeah. <laughs> because there's going to be a lot of races on top of each other, of course, you know. So it, that would yeah. be a massive challenge. Um, and I wouldn't mind, I don't mind the challenge. It makes things interesting, as I say. But um, kind of after all the help and everything they've got this year, um, to do that now the information is known so they should be able to do it um, hopefully a bit smoother next year uh, and Australia is back as the curtain raiser also for 2021 they're going to be starting the season again um, which Australia used to do quite a lot uh, Albert Square of course is a beautiful place to be kicking off any Formula 1 championship and um, yeah, it, it's... in EastEnders yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Albert Park. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> so EastEnders will be postponed for a week. Uh, there'll be no filming right. while Formula One happens. <laughs> well, this is a, I mean, it will be an interesting uh, feature as part of um, EastEnders. You know, it'll be a, something something different on, on the show, you know. and uh, Yeah. So the, the big scandal, though, is the cancellation of the Enniscorthy Grand Prix. Well, that was a bit of a disaster area, all right. I'll give you that. Yeah. I mean, it even it, it spent at least 200 quid getting that right. It's yeah, a, lot of, yeah. a lot of money to be losing, like, you know what I mean? And, of course, all, and all, and all the modern technology that we use to kind of set it up and all, you know. Absolutely. Uh, someone was saying to me there recently that they were they, they were saying, why not the whole the Formula One? And he said, we've a lovely motorway there going from just outside of Wexford all the way up. Why don't the whole the, 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 the Grand Prix there? And there is actually, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people are thinking that in their heads, you know, we beautiful motorways. Why don't we run races on them? Well, I'll tell you exactly why we don't run races on them. The Formula One cars would be stuck to the ground. The Formula One cars would not have to slow down. And over that sort of period, all the engines would blow because they're not designed <laughs> to run at full power for that long. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. See a different car uh... altogether, you know. So, yeah, there you go. Don't what did you say? <laughs> yeah, but looking back at, at uh, or looking forward to 2021, actually, you know, there, there, there was six races in seven weeks this year. It should be really easy for them, I think, to a certain extent, because they're going to be kind of, there's going to be triple headers in the calendar next year. Uh, Europe then followed suddenly by short spans from Russia, Singapore and Japan. That's a bit of traveling, I can tell you, um, mm. to try and get those three races back to back. So that's going to be quite interesting. And it's going to be quite interesting as well to see Saudi Arabia making its debut. Uh, it's now going to be, I believe top of the head 33rd country to host a formula one race um that's kind of 
it's kind of very impressive when you think about it. 30, 33 countries. Uh, it's sad when you see one going, but look, there you go. One thing that's going to be very, very, very happy is someone who's going to be very happy next year is Max Verstappen. He's finally getting his home race back. Um, he was the first driver uh, to sample Sandovac, their new banking system on turn three and uh, the final turn 14 corner when he took a, a, a 2012 spec red bull around the track there in March. Um, it was more for fun than testing. I mean, it's a 2012 car. Uh, it, it'd be like racing a mini against a Ferrari at this stage. They do move on very the quickly. Every time. Sorry? I said the Mini would win every time. But well, the Mini wouldn't do so bad now, in fairness. <laughs> if not on there, like an old, like old Moses Hart, as uh, Pat Jordan would say. Oh, well, that's very true. But at least now Max Max has his own home back, and uh, they've renovated the circuit quite a lot. Uh, it's beside the beach, and it will be uh, in time, they're saying, for a slot in September between Belgium and Italy. Uh, and, and fingers crossed, kind of Verstappen's loyal army uh, of orange clad fans will be able to attend that. And fingers crossed they'll make it on time because it's, you know, yourself, it's, 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 if Enniscorti Grand Prix has taught us anything, it's, it's, not that, it's not that easy to set them up. Well, that's it. And um, so I suppose, really, um, what's on this this weekend as regards uh, as regards Formula One? Oh, we're heading off to Turkey this weekend, the Intercity Istanbul Park. Um, a nice little circuit, I have to admit. Uh, first race was in two thousand and five. Um, so it's not very old. Uh, number of laps is fifty eight, and the circuit length is five point three. Kilometers. Now, here's an interesting one for you. Here's a name you don't hear and uh, a lap record. I'd say it's the oldest lap record in the books at this stage. The lap record is held by Juan Pablo Montoya from 2005, a 1 minute 24.7. That's uh, unusual to have a lap record 15 years and still standing, I have to admit. So whatever Juan Pablo was doing, he was doing it right. <laughs> he must. He must have had his Weetabix that morning or something. <laughs> he must have well had something going on with him that morning. Anyway, <laughs> well, if you are going to the circus, it's about uh, an hour's drive from Istanbul, um, uh, where it started work. I think it was back in 2023. I think it was Herman Tilke designed it. Uh, not quite sure, but it was ready in in August 2005. I think it had about. 40 million dollars uh, thrown at it which these days yeah wouldn't get a circuit going really <laughs> it's made a bit of a difference in the prices have gone up like hell um you know but there you go um and i mean the tracks proximity to istanbul we can't go this year uh if you are local you will be going next year and of course to listen to us our podcasts in uh, turkey you know yourself in well, of course, we're known worldwide. Like, you no, know. absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, if, if, if you are going, you know, and you are from Turkey and you are heading up to the old race there, don't forget to pop down to historic Istanbul if you haven't been there before. Um, it's it's a place, actually, I wouldn't mind visiting. It, it, it's meant to be incredible out there. And I've actually, um, a, a friend I was talking to recently who uh, lives out there for a few years, and um, it sounds absolutely magnificent now i really uh, they've kind of blended the modern with the old uh exceptionally picturesque beautiful beautiful place to visit so um you know yourself and myself now next year when the turkish grand prix is on there we'll have to have to go out that far for uh live updates on the race 
That's it. All all we need now is uh all, all we need is sponsorship to fu- to fund us we be coming we'd be coming live. I tell you Sky Sky would have nothing on us like you know we'd be coming live from where the action happens. Well I, I did hear that uh, that uh, Paul Egan International Enterprises are looking to support someone at the minute, aren't they? They're looking to sponsor someone. Well, fair enough, mm-hmm. yeah. We won't say no to that. No, we won't Paul, we won't Paul, say no to Paul is uh, Paul is always on the sidelines there, willing to willing to help out in fairness to him, and uh, you know it'll be very it'll be very good and very appreciated. Oh, absolutely, of course. Uh, I actually like Paul's record collection. He could nearly do now the the mixtape from his own house at the stage. Well, this is it. You know, it's not a, a very good a very good show. So uh, mm. fair, fair play to him. And uh, I suppose really lo- looking at the circus. Um, you know, I suppose where where could it where could this um where would the uh where where, are, where can it be won and lost and uh, what sort of a, what drivers would do you think that the track would suit more? Um, I think driver wise, you can pretty much accept status quo bar if Max Verstappen does not break down, um, he'd split the Mercedes definitely. He will split the two of them. Max Verstappen is uh. He he he's got a bit of Schumacher in him. He will do us out of bloody doggedness rather than how good the car is. He's that type of person. Um, there's very few drivers been like that. Uh, you normally hear great names with things like that. I mean, Ayrton Senna again was another very bloody-minded man who made that car go faster if it didn't want to. <laughs> but mm. I think most of the circuit between turn one and turn nine is going to be yes, pretty much status quo. If you're going to get anywhere, there is a DRS zone on the main straight. It's not that particularly long. Uh, I think most of the passing is going to be done on between turn 11 and 12. Now, turn 11, again, most Formula 1 cars will be flat out on, so there's not really a corner. So exiting the little 90-degree bend at 9 and the little kink at 10, the DRS zone is practically on top of turn 11. I think you're going to see a lot of overtaking before turn 12. Um, and there is only 14 turns on the track, so you can only finish the VEP at that stage, as they say. So um, that's where I reckon the, the, the fun is going to be, and, and hopefully everyone will behave as usual into the first corner, and we won't have any disasters, although every now and again the odd disasters uh, can, it can be interesting. <laughs> we won't go there. Not good for the driver. No, course. not good for the driver. And speaking of driver, um, there's only two rounds to go now in the Formula 2 season, believe it or not. And uh, Mick Schumacher heads the standings by 22 points. Um, it's looking very likely like he's going to be in uh, an Alpha Centauri or an Alpha Tori, sorry, an Alpha Tori for next year at the rate things are going because um, they're waiting for someone to win and well, geez, he's been ha- he's been ahead for so long at this stage. He did say recently he's only twenty one years of age, and uh, he said that uh, Formula One is going to happen, and he wants it to happen on his terms. That he's not if he's not racing, uh, he's thinking about racing. It's as simple as that. And um, I'm sure he's the sort of person who. You know, he's been brought up with cars, of course to have. I mean, you can't have somebody like Michael Schumacher or Gilles Villeneuve or uh, somebody like that as your father and then not get into motor racing. In a lot of cases, a lot of um, a lot of uh, their sons have done through the years. So, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him from that. But at the same time, he's very, he's very calm and relaxed when he talks. I mean, um, I saw him recently there. He was in full Ferrari gear. 
And um, he was just a, a mandatory mask, of course. And he was very calm, cool, collected. He wasn't overly excited, annoyed. Or, uh, and I mean, for a lot of these drivers, you know, you're, you're fighting to get into Formula One. It can be very stressful. Uh, and, and it kind of shows in press, conference, in press conferences and, and uh, interviews and things like that. It shows. But no, Mick seems to be just taking it all. And his stride is, uh, is absolutely brilliant to say. You know, he's in the best form ever this year I have to admit and I mean you know he's doing an absolutely fantastic job it's nice to see it but his dream is definitely F1 and his dream is motorsport and I'm sure if his father was here I'm sure he'd be standing right beside him as to say well that's mm. it that's it and I suppose just going back briefly to uh, to <clears throat> is the Istanbul Grand Prix or the Turkish Grand Prix in Istanbul yep. Um, you know, um, with regards to qualifying, what are your thoughts on the qualifying? Oh, session? I don't think you're going to see anything on uninterested. Well, I don't think you're going to see any differences there as predicted so far. Uh, I haven't seen any massive great leap forwards in any of the cars, which is again interesting for somebody like Max Verstappen, um, who you know can suddenly turn up at third one week and fourth the next week and second the week after. Um, it's just some tracks suit some people. I don't think Turkey really sticks out in anybody's mind. Um, I think it's definitely going to be the usual Hamilton, Max and Bottas. The question will be, will Max split the two of them or will Max be in third? I think across the finish line, he's going to split the two of them. Providing, again, he doesn't break down and have tyre issues, uh, which I know he wasn't very happy about. But look, no one could have predicted that, as to say, you know, yourself. Um, but no, I'm, I suppose these things happen, really, I suppose, in, in Formula One. Yeah, well, you know, it's <laughs> it's a very, very predictable year, I have to admit, so unusual. The, the only ones really making any movement is, is, is Ferrari. I mean, they started off very strong mm. and then they just disappeared from the face of the earth practically altogether. And they're pulling back now. But I do think they're using a lot of stuff on the car currently. They're, they're adding bits for next year's car. And I think that's, again, why they fell back, because they're, they're, they're trying to get next year's car right and they're using this year's car to test a few things. Uh, and I think that's why they've dropped back a bit and perhaps they're starting to get it right now, which is, uh, which is a good sign. Uh, it's just, you know, it's, it, it's a bit of an unusual year, as they say. And look, there's nothing we can do about it. We all have to be safe with COVID. That's it, and I suppose really looking, looking, uh, looking at the car of the well, week. car of the week. I just had a little interesting thing there. I was looking at on one of the magazines recently, and I thought, yeah, this might be an interesting thing for people. It, it, it's basically who owns what or who, um, and, and and what are you buying? You know, is it a redress car? Are the company allowed to build their own? This uh, uh, is. So, in other words, what car have you? What what car are you driving? This yeah, week? <laughs> you have a different car every week. Well, that's don't me. You? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's me, but I'm just a bit strange in the head at the best of times. <laughs> oh, we're not allowed. But yeah, you, look, you don't have to be strange, strange in the head. But it yeah, that, that COVID's not helping me on my testing of cars. That's the only thing I would say. <laughs> It's socially oh yes, you see the balloons outside of a garage. You know they're going to have something that weekend. And Michael's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the 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 banner saying Michael, we miss you. Huh? It's like um, it's like the children's uh, birthday parties in the countryside. I, I don't know if you spotted it yourself, but what they tend to do is the families tend to put balloons on the corner and balloons outside the house, so everyone knows where they're going. You know, oh, there it is. Yeah, I'm the same as like a birthday party for me. <laughs> Ford have balloons outside. Birthday this weekend. 
Excellent. But who is driving who <laughs> and who is doing what? I'll put it like this to you. There are only 14 companies in the car industry. That is it. And there is 45 brands. So there isn't that many people really, but what are you driving and what are you doing with yourself? What are you doing with that car, shall we say? Well, we, we lead with the big one, first of all, which is Volkswagen Group. Now, I don't know if anybody knows this, but uh, they do with a couple. Uh, everybody, I think, knows that Volkswagen is Seat and Skoda. But they are also Porsche, mm. Audi, Bentley, Bugatti and Lamborghini. Um, all those cars are in the Volkswagen Group. Now, from what has been seen and what has been reported recently... Basically, Seat, Skoda, Volkswagen and Audi are all exactly the same car. There is absolutely no difference. If you buy an Audi A3, you're buying a Volkswagen Golf, you're buying a Seat Leon and you're buying a, can't remember the Skoda. I'm going to kick myself later on when I do remember it. Um, And Porsche is basically just a tuned Volkswagen. So it is a Volkswagen, but they've made it faster. But the Audi, Seat, Skoda and Volkswagen are identically the same car they just look different uh bentley bugatti and lamborghini well i know bugatti don't do very much anyhow uh lamborghini are basically allowed to do their own thing because uh, i don't think anyone's mad enough to make a lamborghini bar my lamborghini and uh, bentley well i suppose they're not a very big company they're making cars but they wouldn't be mass market uh, moving on to number two on my list i don't have that many actually i only have 15 um is toyota toyota on Daihatsu and Lexus. What's curious about that is Daihatsu do what they like and build their own cars, but Lexus is actually built by Toyota in the Toyota factory with Toyota parts. Um, they're identically the same car, which is kind of interesting, but there you go. If you go on to the Ford Motor Company, they've dwindled quite a lot lately. Um, they own a company called Troller, which I've never heard of before, and of course Lincoln. Um, they own the Lincoln Company. We've all heard of the old American Lincoln Continental and all that sort of crack. Uh, big American oh, cars. Yes. And that's what they are. They used to have rather a lot of companies and they've sold quite a few. You have General Motors then as well, another big American company. Um, Cadillac, uh, Givic, who I've never heard of before, Chevrolet. And of course, they own uh, Detroit's Renaissance car. I don't know who that is. I I don't even know the symbol. So I'm going to miss. I'm going to part with that one. Um, they did own... move on <laughs> very true I don't know who it is it's it's obviously one of these uh, obscure American brands you know you know the type of thing I'm talking about probably re- probably replacing yeah, Lada probably replacing Lada with something it could be new for all I know to be quite honest with you but um, you know that it could be Lada it could Lada. well be um, they actually used to own I don't know if people know this General Motors used to own Opel for about 20 years um, Opel have, haven't been German for about 30 years but they have moved on now to another one of in our group um, if I can find it here because my iPad's kicking up it's the PSA group a French multi, multinational manufacturer of automobiles and motorcycles it says here uh, Deon Peugeot uh, DS uh, Opel Citroen and Vauxhall now Citroen and Citroen DS they are not the same car anymore they are different companies Citroen and Citroen DS um, not surprising that those three cars are the same I did in fact report myself ha 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 Michael keeping ahead of everybody that the um, air, the Citroen A5 Aircross and the Grand Land X and the Peugeot 3008 are all the same car um, they're just rebadged basically they're all Peugeot so I suppose that's not that much of a surprise when you when you stop and think about it um, there's another one out there as well um, who's quite interesting Renault Nissan Mitsubishi 
that's a big company. It's a Renault Nissan Mitsubishi Alliance. Uh, they own, of course, Renault Nissan Infinity, Dacia, Datsun. Um, and they also own, of course, Mitsubishi. And <laughs> there's a fair amount of companies in there. But um, I don't think people think of Renault as being that massive a company. They are a pretty big powerhouse. Um, all those cars do share one problem. Um, they're basically built individually, but they all do share Renault's electrics. I, I, I couldn't unrecommend that enough. <laughs> their, their cars yeah. are great, but their electrics are absolutely dreadful. <laughs> we won't go there. If you're buying a Hyundai or a Kia, be aware they're exactly the same car. <laughs> there is no difference whatsoever. And um, Daimler, of course, AG. We all know Mercedes and and uh, AMG, two different companies. And um, they're bought home by them. Also, smart cars. Smart cars are actually Mercedes. And uh, another big, big, big one at the moment, I don't know if people know this uh, at the moment, is Fiat Chrysler Automobiles. Um, a lot of people think of Fiat as a small company, but <laughs> indeed it's not. It has uh, Chrysler, Fiat, Jeep, Ram, Maserati, Lancia, uh, Dodge and Alfa Romeo. Um, they're actually one of the biggest car companies in the world. Um Sophia do very well for themselves. Other than that, um, what's left on the back burner, says you. Um, very little after that. BMW on Mini on Rolls-Royce. Uh, Hyundai on uh, Acura. Uh, Tata, Indian company. <laughs> you remember those little uh, okay. three-wheel things you see in uh, in India called the tuk-tuk? I don't know if you've ever seen oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's Tata. They actually own Jaguar and Land Rover. Uh, believe it or not, who used to be owned by Ford and a company called Geely on Lotus, Proton and Volvo. They're actually a Chinese company, Geely. Uh, and last but by no means least, I suppose, on my little list, independent car makers, um, Aston Martin, Subaru, Mazda, Tesla, McLaren and Ferrari are independent again. They've left the Fiat fold, although as far as I'm aware, they're still partially owned by Fiat in a, in a sort of a funny handshake way, but we won't go into that. <laughs> No, no, because we, we don't we don't go into controversy. Not at all. We never go into controversy on this show, as they say, you know. But that's our that's our group. I just thought people might be a wee bit interested in that, um, to see what they're buying and where they're buying it and who they actually are. Well, fair play. That's uh, an, another interesting uh, podcast there this week, and uh, we look forward to, to. Thanks for doing the. Formula One, ch- Formula One view this week, and we look forward to ch- chatting to you again. No problems week. at all, Aiden. I'll take care. I'll talk to you then, mate. No problem. And that was uh, Michael O'Grady, our Formula One analyst. Hello, how you doing? And you're very welcome to this week's nutrition podcast. And as always, we have Helen McSherry from the Magic Spoon. Hello, uh, Helen. How are you? Hi, Aiden. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Good to be back right. on again. No problem, and it's uh, you, you had a you had a bit of a, a break, which which was well deserved, and um, yeah. So we're concentrating on uh, I suppose nutrition for energy this week. That's right, and um, you know life can take a toll on our energy levels, especially now that we're back into lockdown, and um, there's lots of things we can do to to keep our energy levels up. And obviously, I'm all about nutrition, and um, you know having a balanced diet, and uh, very important to get enough sleep and to exercise re- regularly as well, which you would be telling your clients. Um, but yeah, there's lots of different foods and superfood hacks that I would um, 
be recommending to my clients that come in to see me in the magic spoon who are you know low in energy um are looking to overhaul their diets and um so will i talk a bit about those that's right yeah and i suppose another aspect that we can talk about later on in the in the podcast as well is about you know sometimes people that are in hospital maybe you know elderly pace even young people um, mm-hmm. you, you know they might have a procedure or they might have to have surgery or something and you yeah. know if they're if they've had an anesthetic or they're on certain um, antibiotics or something after a surgery and, and they're coming home they might be a bit weak mm-hmm. so that could be another thing maybe um, that we could cover as well yeah and there's lots of different ways to get nutrients into the body especially if anybody is recovering from a stay in hospital or coming back from an illness and um Again, um, you know, everybody that comes into me in the magic spoon, I am uh, really into things like super smoothies and uh, they're a great way of getting a lot of nutrition in a very easy to digest way into the body. And especially for um, our senior citizens as well that maybe don't like eating large meals, they can get all of their food groups into into a super smoothie and um, you know good investment is to get a nutri bullet or something like it there's lots of different options out there and the likes of argos and curries and and to get yourself a juicer as well because again it's it's hard to eat like a, a whole plate of like nuts and seeds and avocados and your fruits and your greens but if you get them into a smoothie it's a really simple, easy, fast way of just getting fast nutrition into the body. And, you know, for energy levels, it's really important to you know, maintain um, a balanced blood sugar level. Okay, so that means that um, you eat a well-balanced meal. Um, the energy your body's going to get from that should last for up to four hours. So um, we need to be eating every three to four hours just to keep that, that blood sugar level even and you know I would be um, highly um, strongly recommending that people stay away from the high sugary foods. Yeah, it's okay to do a little bit of comfort eating, um, but really you want to have foods that are going to be slow release, and that's your low GI foods that don't cause a spike in the blood sugar. And um, it's important to kind of choose the right combination of foods in your meals as well. And um, that would be taking something like sweet potatoes with them they're a great low GI food they're full of vitamins and minerals fiber and um, get some good protein in there as well that's um, always have some protein with your carbs and that will slow the release of energy into the body and your whole grains are great things like oats your brown rice your whole wheat bread and uh you know, I always mix it up between doing super smoothies some mornings and then a good bowl of porridge made with water and a bit of coconut oil and getting some hemp seeds or some chia in there as well just to ramp up the nutrition and to slow down that release of energy into the system to keep you going, keep the energy levels up. Um, but there's lots of different things we can do. Well, um, will I talk about some of my favorite foods to um, keep the energy levels up there, Aiden? That's right. Yeah, yeah. That because there's uh, so many, as you just said there a few minutes ago. There's so many options with regards to food to to boost energy. You know, sort of fruits and different things. You know, uh, you know, mm. even salads. There's different types of salads. You know, like egg mm-hmm. salads or fruit salads or chicken salads. 
oh, know, there's so many options there. And even even outside that, there's so many things that people can eat and that are tasty options as well. Totally. And like you mentioned in fruits there, and you know, they give us natural sugars, which um, they're quickly absorbed into the bloodstream for an instant pick me up. So I'd be a good person for taking things like some bananas with me during the day when I'm out and about, um, you know, having things like apricots as well are brilliant, um, full of fiber, vitamins and antioxidants. And your nuts and your seeds are fantastic as well, because they're going to give you your good fats. And, um, you know, the body needs good fats. And, you know, so those are little tips to incorporate into your day. And, um, you know, uh, one of my favorite, sorry, just turn that off there, Aiden. One of yeah, my favorite fruits would be the likes of um, bananas. You know, they're so easy to take out with you. Um, they are a great source of energy. And, um, you know, they've got a good supply of vitamins, carbohydrates. So, and you've also got your bit, your bit, your B vitamins and your potassium in the bananas. So always have a banana handy. And, um like back to the nuts and the seeds. Um, nuts are great because they've lots of healthy fats that the body needs to provide energy. And um, I love almonds, walnuts, um, pistachio. They're all really good sources of vitamins and minerals as well. And, um, you know, seeds are so, um, so you can get them in all the different supermarkets now. And, um, you know, they give us energy as well and there's lots of superfood seeds that I would be including into my diet the likes of like flaxseed, hemp, chia and um, chia seeds are really interesting because they're a complete food they're one of the most nutritious foods on the planet you can add them into everything from your super smoothies to your porridge to your soups and um, what I like to do is I'll get like a couple of spoons of chia seed. I'll put it into a small cup and put some water, maybe half fill it up with water. And chia seeds are hydrophilic. So they, um, they hold up to 10 times their weight in water. And I would use that. Um, that turns into like a chia seed gel in a matter of minutes. And it'll store in the fridge for a couple of days. But you add in a teaspoon or two of that into your smoothies and you've last it up and you've got all your... Sorry, Aiden. There, you've got all your amino acids. You've got your omegas. You got good fiber, good soluble fiber, easy for the body to digest, um, and lots of vitamins and minerals there as well. So, chia seeds are fab. They're really, really good to incorporate into the diet. Um, and like things like whole hemp seeds as well. Go for the organic brands like True. They're in super value at the moment. All the good health stores have them as well. And like chia, they're a great source of nutrients and fiber and omegas and our amigo, our amino acids and our vitamins and our minerals. And you can get them into the smoothies. You can sprinkle them onto your porridge. You can get them into your, your pastas as well, incorporate them into your sauces. And um, so little things like that, uh, just to keep energy levels consistent. Consistency and slow release is the key to good energy. And I suppose even when you're work, even when you're working now, and you know you want a, a fast and simple option, you just to have a lunchtime. You know, there's a mm -hmm. that's where you can that that's where the likes of those things cut those um meals or you know eating options come into play as well because really you know 
when you get when you're getting up in the morning, you don't want to be doing too much in the morning because you're you're just racing out the door. But something simple yeah. like that. Yeah, you grab, to, to grab your that. banana, grab your avocados. Avocados are brilliant as well. They're really good source of nutrients. They're they're high in fiber. They're rich in your monosaturated fats, and you know those are the fats that the body uses to create energy. So um, even for like busy mums as well, I'd always say bring an avocado out with yourself and the toddler. Um, and um, you can just slice that open and give it to them there and then it's it's quite a mild creamy taste and it's um, so simple to do and you know roast your sweet potatoes as well they are a brilliant brilliant thing to incorporate into your diet as well and um, you know sweet potatoes uh, contrary to what you would think they are a low GI food and um, they're going to keep you going throughout the day as well. There's a lot of complex carbs in sweet potatoes. And, you know, your iron, your magnesium, your vitamin C. And um, so I'd swap your regular potatoes for the sweet potatoes. And, and it, even things like eggs as well, Aiden, are a brilliant, um, brilliant source of nutrition. They're a complete protein. They've got all your essential amino acids. They have your B vitamins, your good fats. There's some vitamin D there as well. So, um, you know, and eggs are so versatile. Um, and, um, you know, things like fish as well. I mentioned there the last week about salmon. Salmon is really good fish to um, incorporate into your diet. It's an oily fish. It is um, going to have your omegas there, your essential fats. It's got some B vitamins as well and your vitamin D. And, um that's really important at the moment for um, for energy because, uh, you know, uh, as I said before, vitamin D, very good for the immune system, but it's brilliant for mood and it's very good for energy as well. And if you're low in vitamin D, it, it'll it'll affect your energy levels and um, cause fatigue and tiredness. That's it. And I suppose really, you know, when you're having your lunch as well, you, you, kind of, you need to have a drink to kind of help digest the food as well, whatever you're eating. It could be a big meal or it could be just a yeah. small salad or something. So there are plenty, there are plenty of options, like you said, like smoothies and different things uh, yeah. that you can have along with, along with your lunch. So maybe if we delve in a bit into that. Into that, would you know what, um, for us, um, we start the day with a smoothie here and I would be putting, um, I'm just going to use my Nutribullet or you can use your blender. I would put half an avocado, I put half a cup of frozen berries like blueberries or mixed berries. I'd be putting in half a banana in there. I'd be putting in some um, pineapple, some fresh pineapple. I'd put in a handful of greens like spinach. Um, I'd be putting in a teaspoon of hemp seeds. I'd be putting in some MCT oil is really good as well. It's like a hybrid of coconut oil, medium chain triglyceride. Um, oil it's very good for energy it's processed really quick in the liver it's great for brain function i'll be putting in like a pinch of himalayan salt um and topping that up with a few ice cubes and your coconut milk your almond milk or your coconut water and giving it a good blast and i might throw in a teaspoon of raw honey in there as well raw local honey is brilliant full of phytonutrients and enzymes and um you have all your nutritional um, food groups in that smoothie it's, it's great for kids as well r2 will just wallop that down and um, that will set you up until around 12 o'clock and then i'd be introducing some sort of slow release snack 
like your nuts and seeds, like, you know, carrots and hummus are a great one to take out with you. Um, your avocados, um, your oat cakes with a bit of hummus and some beetroot sliced on top, um, all of that. And you know what, if, you, if you're just doing a smoothie for yourself, you'll have enough in that um, ingredient list that will last you for two smoothies. So you just whack on the beaker lid on top of your Nutribullet, off you go, go about your business. And you can have that as a pick me up around 12 o'clock to just get that good nutrition back into your system and keep you going. So um, super smoothies are brilliant for young, for old, for every age group. That's it, because I mean, you know, these are a lot of things you could have in the car, like you, you know, if you're if you're stuck in traffic or something, or stuck in traffic lights, and the, we say it's busy on the roads or something, and you know, something to do. Just so you, you could have it while you're while you're in in the car waiting for the the lights to turn green or something like that. You know, just uh, to top up while you're out and about. You know, they're hand they're handy options. Yeah, I'm all about fast, healthy nutrition. It doesn't require too much. Um too much time in the kitchen and that you can make it in batches and it will keep you going and you were saying about um you know drinks to have with your food when you're having like um your main meal of the day don't drink too much water with it drink water about half an hour before you have food and actually water on that note is really important for energy because if you're dehydrated and a lot of us are um it's gonna affect your physical and your mental energy levels. And even mild dehydration is gonna affect your mood, your energy, and your ability to concentrate. So we're all like really used to going for the cups of coffee for energy, but I would really limit the amount of caffeine, especially after two, three o'clock in the day, as it'll affect your quality of sleep and too much caffeine will affect your adrenals. So actually, it'll fatigue us in the long run. So people say to me, what's a good drink for energy? And the answer is water, as simple as. Yeah, and, and to say it too as well, with, with regards to, uh, you know, it, it is essential to keep um, hydrated, to keep well hydrated because, I mean, if, if you don't, and and your you know your what your fluid the level of fluids mm -hmm. you're not getting enough of fluids into your into you mm -hmm. it can result in maybe you know even kidney problems and and things like that so yeah you know there there are things that maybe people mightn't realize that it's something as simple as drinking loads of water throughout the day and like there is a certain recommended amount of water that you can get we say even two two liters of water a day which sounds a lot but yeah. It, it, when you spread it out throughout the day it's, it actually doesn't seem that much but you know some, something as simple as that can can uh, lessen the chances of getting any you know kidney kidney problems or anything like that it's so true and you know what we're a great nation for drinking our tea and tea is a diuretic it's actually going to um to dehydrate us more so herbal teas are okay i'm a big fan of green tea as well it has a little bit of caffeine in it but it also contains alcyanin and that's a really good, um, that's a really good uh, ingredient for energy. And back to the water, it, you know, it's easy enough to consume water. If you do it, have your big, get a pint of water into yourself when you wake up in the morning. That's going to flush out any toxins, going to hydrate the system. And remember, we are actually 70% water. And uh, when we're born, we're about 90% water. So, and as we... As we age, we get we, the amount of water in our system 
become less and less and it's really important to keep yourself hydrated and I would always have my um, BPA free bottle of water in the car we have a really good filter system here in the house and we'd fill up with that and we'd have our two liters of water and I would put a bit of powdered vitamin c just simple ascorbic acid into that for, for all of us including the kids and that's going to keep your vitamin c levels constant throughout the day and vitamin c helps fight fatigue and tiredness and it's something that we don't store as humans like animals would store about 100 times more vitamin c than we do so a bit of vitamin c into the water is a really good idea and um you know with the best will in the world it is um it's 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 hard sometimes to get everything from your food and um especially if you know your immune system is um is low or your as you said if you've, if you've been on a course of antibiotics as well it's important to get a good probiotic into the system to build up that good gut flora again because your gut flora helps in digestion also helps in mood and energy and um you know there's little supplements as well that you can take that just um supplement your nutrition nutrition is number one but if you're on a low ebb it's important, as I said before, to get the vitamin D into you. It's so important and it is very good for helping keep energy levels up. And, um, you know, I'd even be thinking about getting, everybody should be getting their vitamin D levels tested at this time of year as well. And again, we spoke about that before from the immune system point of view, but vitamin D, you really want to have your levels over 75 nanograms per milliliter to be in the therapeutic range. And if you're if you're low in vitamin D, your energy levels will be will 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 be low as well. You'll have muscle pains, you'll have brain fog, you'll have tiredness, and um, but yeah, vitamin D is kind of on everybody's radar at the moment. I hope and um, take it in oil. We're a big fan of Farmanord in the Eden Clinic in the Magic Spoon, so and they're a good vitamin D supplement to take. There's another brilliant supplement um, which I'd like to talk about a bit. Coenzyme Q10. Yeah. But okay, Aiden. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Coke, yeah. I, was going to go on, I was actually going to go on to that actually next. Oh, but, uh, yeah, that's another, another thing into that will be vitamin B12, which, which kind of falls into the, um, the category of, of, of energy as well. It would be it? one of the, I would always be recommending to people for energy your vitamin D, your B12, um, your CoQ10, um, because you know, it's hard to get enough from food and like things like your, your vitamin B12, they help, um, they help change the food you eat into energy in your cells. And, um, you know, you get your B12 and your animal proteins, meat, fish and dairy, but if people are vegan or they're vegetarian, I would be recommending they supplement with B12. And um, that's as simple as getting one of the B12 sprays from the pharmacy or from your health store. And, um, you know, your Q10, I'm a huge fan of Q10. It would be, along with vitamin D, my number one supplement. And CoQ10 or coenzyme Q10 is, is what the body makes for energy, what the body needs for energy. In, in, in about 98% of our cells, um, we have Q10. And Q10 is involved in electron transfer within the cells. Um, and it's also a very powerful antioxidant. It's the only antioxidant the body makes. So it helps fight, it helps fight disease and infections. And um, 
Q10 is it's so important, but and you get some in like your um your organ meats and um, nuts and seeds, but it decreases as we age in the body. And it's the one thing far better than taking a multivit or ginseng or all these quick fixes, your coffee, your sugar, alcohol, all that that people are consuming in excess, especially at the moment. CoQ10 is what the body needs for energy. So um, in Eden and the Magic Spoon, we have uh, we stock the Farm and Ord Q10. And the reason for that is that it is very well documented and extremely well studied. The um, There are over 175 um, studies supporting the efficacy of Farm and Ord Q10. And it's in an oil, it's really important. Q10 is fat soluble, but the Farm and Ord Q10 is heat treated as well because a Q10 molecule in other supplements out there, unless it's heat treated, it won't dissolve in the oil and the body can't work with it because it's too large a molecule to get through the intestinal wall. So at Farm and Ord, they heat treat it, it breaks it down, it boosts the absorption in the body. And we need Q10 for healthy cardio, um, for a healthy heart. Heart's the biggest muscle in the body, requires the most Q10 for brain function. Q10 is brilliant for memory, concentration, recall. It helps prevent degenerative diseases of the brain. It's it, Farmanoid's Q10 is even available on the long-term illness scheme for anybody suffering from Parkinson's. It's fantastic for fertility. It helps with the motility of sperm. It helps with oocyte health within us ladies. Um, it is brilliant for... Um, Oh, energy for anybody like on the likes of statins um, statins tend to have a lot of side effects and one of them would be low energy and muscle pain and muscle fatigue and Q10 helps alleviate those side effects um, and the problem with Q10 with all of us it decreases as we age and by the time we hit 45-50 it's going down to about 60% in the heart and it's depleting in all the key organs so it would be my number one supplement for longevity and for an investment in your future health because you want to be taking these supplements now in your 30s and your 40s to basically um, ironclad yourself moving forward. A lot of people get into their 50s and 60s and start thinking about, oh, I better get my diet in gear. I better stop eating all the sweet stuff. I better start exercising. Oh, what supplement should I take? Start now and invest in your future health and well-being. So, um, yeah, that's it. it. It's also amazing, though, like how one how one thing like that, uh, the coenzyme, uh, the coenzyme Q10 mm -hmm. can do so many things in just one in just one in just one supplement. Like mm -hmm. it's it, it's great, and uh, you know it's available. It's available in, in your local chemist as well. Which, well so it's all, easy. All it's the easy. health stores, uh, all the pharmacies will stock farming over Q10, and we stock it in Eden because it's so good, and the body can work with it. So again, um, get as much as you can from your food. You know, get good sleep as well, because if you don't get good sleep, your body can't heal and repair. Um, and um, the exercise is important as well because it's, it's boosting your heart rate. It's getting, you know, oxygenated blood and nutrients around to the cells in the body. And a lot of people are indoors, you know, 
there in front of like I am at the moment in front of my tablet, we're doing Zoom, we're doing work calls, we're not actually getting enough exercise. And that can result, that can result in a sluggish circulation and, um, you know, definitely making time for 20 minutes even for a walk during the day is a really good idea that's it and i suppose briefly as well just a, a quick thing on fish there are so many types of fish that are, that are well all fish are good for you but mm-hmm. uh, you know and there's so many options and and you know ways of preparing uh, fish that you can have and great you know even for kids that mm-hmm. we say some kids might be interested it might be into taking fish but I suppose there's so many ways of serving it and so many ideas that, that you can use fish in I mean the most common probably will be kind of cod salmon mm-hmm. uh, hake yeah. and I know that uh, there's someone I know now and she's a huge fan of sea bass as well mm-hmm. so there's so many options out there and you know there's a lot of benefits there's an awful lot of benefits to uh, to eating fish as well yeah well especially the oily fish like salmon and mackerel and trout um you know we love going to the uh gareth and jerry the fishmongers in rock common on a friday you get excellent fish there um it's all from the atlantic and they do a wonderful array of like beautiful hate you mentioned and sea bass we actually did a whole sea bass there the other weekend and you literally just um you, you can roast it on your griddle pan you can you can, or you can grill it on the pan you can put it into the oven you know salmon is such a good fish to to be incorporating into your diet because it's a good complete protein it's got all your vitamins your essential fats a bit of vitamin d in there as well and um you know just put it into a pan, little drizzle of olive oil or organic grapeseed oil, some herbamar, or even sometimes I would just spread it with some homemade pesto, put it into the oven, roast it for 15, 20 minutes. And, you know, I would be serving that up with some quinoa or some, um, you know, wild rice and some nice sauteed veggies on the side. I'd mix it all up. I'd put in some hemp seeds in there as well. And, you know, little tricks like putting your hemp seeds into your quinoa is brilliant. And quinoa is a super source of protein and vitamins and minerals as well. And, you know, you're talking about fast food. That's something you can do in 20 minutes. Put your fish into the oven, you know, cover it in some tin foil, put a bit of garlic butter in there on top of it as well. And you can be going about doing whatever you're doing. Come back 20 minutes later, it's done. And you serve it up with your with your sides and even like a side salad, some avocado in there as well. And um, anybody can do that, Aiden. It's not difficult. Yeah, that's it. Quick and easy to do. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so uh, I know you're a busy woman. Mm-hmm. So th- thanks very much for uh, for doing that today. And of course, we're, we're looking forward to uh, to doing a, to doing another uh, excellent uh, nutrition podcast. Brilliant! And listen, if anybody wants to come see me in the Magic Spoon, I'm taking bookings now for December, and I'm doing Zooms throughout the month as well. So now's the time to do an overhaul in your nutrition, and so you can find me the Magic Spoon IRL Instagram, the Magic Spoon on Facebook, or indeed ring me at Eden or ring me um, directly as well. Thanks so much, Aidan. Lovely chatting to you. No problem. Thanks very much. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. No problem.
thanks very much. And that was uh, Helen McSherry from The Magic. And you're welcome to this week's uh, Hurling Podcast, and I'd like to welcome the listeners as well. So, yeah. So, um, Pat, we're, we're looking back on, on your victory yesterday over... Uh, over Sligo in the the Christie Ring Cup, and uh, you know, I know for a fact you, you didn't underestimate this Sligo team because me, myself and Ray were actually covering the game as well. We did a, a match podcast commentary podcast on it, and uh, yeah, for the, the, they were. Um, You'd have to say they were, they were kind of unlucky, really, because they, they created a lot of chances. But you know, 16, 16 wides, you know, it cost them the game in the end, but. He had they had the better start, didn't they? And uh, but he, he, you know, they scored from a, a free, and then he, he got a free or two, and you know, it, it was kind of there was both. I suppose both uh, both sides had their purple patches as well. Yeah, it was a good good competitive game. Uh, it was always going to be tough. There's no really. Uh, so we definitely didn't underestimate them. They, They'd have some lads involved with them, like Park Mannion is their manager. He was involved with that league this year. Donald Tully is their uh, coach or assistant manager, whatever you want to call it, and he was involved with four roads. Like, so they, they would have had, their management team would have had a, a, an in depth in depth knowledge of all the players on the Roscommon panel and starting fifteen. So they would have been able to put a good game plan in place, and they did. They they were able to kind of. Keep keep our, our main lads quiet, like, and it became it became more of a kind of a battle or a war of attrition around the middle. Like the pitch was really heavy, you know, heavier than the hide, and it was just a bit wet. The weather there last week wasn't great either. Like so, when the ball hit the ground, it was inclined to stick rather than move. And perhaps, well, not perhaps, definitely, our forwards prefer if the ball is moving, moving in fast. Like um, that's how we've been getting our scores recently, and. Uh, just the ball sticking, maybe maybe it suited them a little bit more than it suited us, and it slowed the game down a little bit. And um, it just became a massive battle then around the middle, who could win breaks. And uh, they have a couple of good lads there, like I mean, uh, really good under the under the high ball, good to win primary possession, and they had a bit of success there. And maybe our lads were dropping a few that that on other days they'd keep and or keeping their hand, and it just kind of kept it kept it. Good and tense up to the end, anyway. That's for sure. That's it, and of course, they're they're free taker. You know, uh, most of the most of the frees in in the early part of the match, uh, they were putting them over from all angles, and uh, you know, some of them from a good distance out. So it just goes to show you the importance of, of a good free taker. And I know for for Roscommon as well, like Cahill Dolan was was sensational from frees yesterday as well. Yeah, yeah, you re- that's a kind of a. Look, when you're when you're playing at Christie Ring or any of those intercounty things, like yeah, you have to be taking any chance you're given. And a free, the way it's gone now, a free seventy meters or eighty meters from goal really needs to be to be going over, um, because you have to make every chance count. And and they were doing that yesterday. It's probably what kept them in the game at times was that they were getting frees back to field, and he was just dropping them over the crossbar like they were just making it, and it was just keeping them in touch with us. I mean, we rattled off seven in a row at one stage. They went three points up, and we came back seven in a row. Like, and they they just uh, they held in there. Like, you know, any chance they got, they took it really with the with the freeze and things like that. So yeah, he was he was very good. And and on on from our point of view, Cahill was was excellent as well. Like, I mean, a couple of pressure freeze there when it was really nip and tuck and tight, and we were level going into the last few minutes. And Cahill stepped up and slotted over a few freeze from 40, 50 yards, and he's. 
he's capable of doing that every every day. Like I just see, we had something up in the group there this morning. He made the GA team of the week, which is it's great for us common to have somebody on the on the hurling team of the week. That's very good, and you know the performance, the performance he had yesterday. It's not surprising he made the team because he was he was he was very good from freeze and 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 from from general play as well. And I suppose really looking at the par- program, the one thing that the the two things that stood out, uh, you played most of most of the times for Roscommon was in the half back line, so you you were moved back to corner back, and of course the um for the last two that was for the last two games, and of course. Put putting Ace Connerton in goal, one of one of the, you know, I suppose a Roscommon legend, you know, from the forwards into goals, uh, into goalkeeping for the for uh, the game against Wicklow and for yesterday's game. So, but he, it has to be said, uh, both moves, uh, you know, it, it didn't harm me. Like he, he played very well. His his puckouts were were very good. Um, not not a bad not a not a bad performance from yourself either cornerback it has to be said but Nias Connerton might might have been putting him in goal might have been like an unusual move but he didn't uh, you know he didn't uh, he didn't let the side down. Absolutely no look yeah Nias's strength out the field was always uh, his power under a high ball like you know he's really confident really good man under a high ball and he's brought that to the goal like he's brought a, a level of confidence from the team if you know what I mean like for, for me in the full back line knowing that he's behind me I'm confident if there's a ball going in over my head Nace is going to catch it uh, and he's a big lad then as well so he's well able to protect himself around the square if there's forwards coming in on top of him so that's that's a bonus and uh, his bookouts were really good yesterday good distance and good accuracy like uh, kind of the, mo- the modern game the way it's gone like it's not all about shot stopping it's, it's you know there's a lot more involved in, in goalkeeping now and it's the trajectory of your puckouts and and how accurate you are with them and I mean they they, they worked well for us to be honest with you look I mean that league is tight enough to get away puckouts um yeah. it we we would have done a lot of our training on on the bigger pitch in that lawn the bigger pitch in the hide and that's kind of what we're gonna accustomed to but years gone by we'd have done all our training in that league and it it did make a difference because there was a couple of puckouts for us went over the line yesterday when we were looking for wing forwards and if that was in the hide. They were perfect puckouts right into the lad's chest, like you know. Yeah. So, uh, but look, yeah, Nace, Nace is he's maybe a few people who raised eyebrows when they saw him there, but uh, his performances have have been really good and really solid for us, like so far. That's it. But I suppose really, when you when you look at Nace, when you look at Nace's career, um, you know he played county, for the county minors, played for the county under twenty ones at a high level, and now in the seniors, so. You know the quality of hurler, hurler that he is, and what he can bring to the game. You could nearly play him anywhere, and I think he, he probably has played in nearly most positions. Uh, as I say, once no more than yourself. Uh, you know, you, you can either play in the half back line or full four. You know, in the half back line or the corner back or wherever. But I suppose, you know, from a player's point of view, if it means you'll make the the starting fifteen, you'd nearly play anywhere. And I suppose that's the way it is for most players. That is, but sure, look, I mean, there was times of the game yesterday when I was out around midfield and it's just the way it's gone now. You have to be comfortable kind of moving around a bit because if you're playing in the full back line, the full forward, the corner forward is not going to stand beside you anymore and wait for a 50-50 down the line. That's not how the game is played anymore. Everyone, it's, it's non-stop moving, looking for the ball and looking for space. And I mean, if you're not comfortable moving, moving with a guy, you're going to end up leaving him on his own and make him look like a superstar. So you have to be comfortable yourself moving around the pitch. And whether that means you spend a couple of minutes in every line on the pitch during the game, so be it. Like you know, so 
Yeah, Nace has probably played in a lot of positions for the, for the county team, all right. Uh, yeah, and he's he's brings great experience. He has a lot of experience behind him at this stage. So, uh, look, it's been a good move for us. I hope it I hope it continues on. Like, I mean, the draw was on last night, so it's uh, Kildare away in in Newbridge at half past one next Saturday. The fixture just came out this morning. Um, so that's you know, it's Jesus, no easy task. I mean. We played them up there in the league this year, and they, I think they beat us by about ten or twelve points. Like so, I mean, they'll be they'll be supremely confident they can do that again, and we'll be harping back to last year when we beat them in the championship in that league, and we'll be reminding ourselves that we're capable of doing that to them. So it's um, it's all to play for. I mean, we're going in as massive underdogs, but look, we're we've we've nothing to fear now. Like you know, I mean, we're we're seventy minutes from Crow Park and we're seventy minutes from a final, and that's going to be what's driving us on this week. That's it. And of course, you know, the first half was easy. It was kind of more or less even Stephen, like, you know, um, I suppose they had a, a start, a good start. And then he came back, you know, Roscommon came back into it and that. And then at half time, you know, in the second half, then he had a kind of a stormer then in the second half. And, uh, you know, it looked like he, you know, he went into a, a good, a good lead and, uh, but, you know, Sligo, like we know with the quality they have in the team, they didn't just sit down and die. They just kind of etched away at the lead, really, didn't they? No, they had they had a lot of a, a lot of wide sixteen, as I said there at the start of it. But uh, you know, there was there was a point there nearly nearly towards the end where you were a point up, or maybe even two points up, and uh, you know, they, they it looked like uh, you know they were having their another purple patch there and. You know they had a good few chances, and if if a few of them had went over, it could have been it could have been a different result. But I, I think you know that the the common defence, including yourself, um, kind of handled that handled that pressure well during during that particular period. Yeah, look, I, we never got away from them at all. I mean, that's look, if Sligo two years ago won the Laurie Mar, last year they won the Nicky Rackard, so they were going. They're on the crest of a wave, like you know that that team is actually used not used to losing. They haven't lost a game in two years, really, in Championship Ireland. So once you have momentum behind you, it's and, and confidence. Like I mean, they were they were afraid of nobody. They had nothing to lose. They they're up in Christy Ring hurling. If it started last season at the Nicky Record, before the first ball was thrown in, people were tipping Mayo and Armagh probably to be in the final or Donegal and these teams. And I mean, Sligo came out of nowhere and won it because they had the confidence from the year before. So Again, going into yesterday, they they were fearless. They had nothing to fear from Roscommon, and the they were probably thinking they could cause an upset by by beating Roscommon. And they never give up, and they kept plugging away. And they know how to win games. Um, they're used to winning, so they're used to taking their chances. And we never, I suppose, we never could pull away from them. They they, they there's a good fighting spirit in them, and uh, as a team, they work so hard for each other. So I mean, massive respect to to all the lads from Sligo and, and they're a nice group of lads we were chatting to them after the game and they wished us the best of luck going on and um, so it was never it was never ever going to be easy ever going to be easy against Sligo and there was times we were under pressure but we did we coped with the pressure like I mean you have to uh, it, it was a test of character for that for that Roscommon team yesterday as well and years gone by you know you're you're down to 14 men as well remember for the last 10 minutes when Mickey Joe got the red card and Maybe that's the kick up the the bum that Sligo needed. Going here we go. This is this is our day. Like you know they haven't put us away and now they're down a man and it was kind of a back to the wall job and we came out well on top. It was a good test of character. It was Pete Kelly and I thought in the last ten minutes was exceptional at fullback. You know 
there was a few balls went in dangerous in towards their full forward line and he his positioning was was on point every time like he always he was always exactly where we needed him to be and he he broke out with the ball so I thought Pete was was excellent in the last 10 minutes especially when our when the pressure was really on and we were down to to 14 men that's it and of course uh, you know the Sligo weren't afraid to to mix the the skill with the, the physicality they got physical uh, they got very physical at times as well but look at that's the nature of hurling as well and uh I suppose to an extent there, and you know, you you were very lucky. You were very unlucky to get a, a yellow car there, and you know, just I kind of felt sorry for you because I just felt it was it was bad fortune that you got the the yellow card, and uh, you know, I suppose uh, Johnny had to make the right to set the, the wise move to to kind of take you off, even though it's not it's not it's not an easy thing to do. He was probably looking at it like that if he if he won the match, you you know, so that, that you wouldn't get suspended, sent off and suspended for and miss miss the next match. So I suppose there was there was that in it. But um, you know, what was your uh, thoughts on the yellow card? Oh, sure, it was never a yellow. I'm I'm always going to say it was never a yellow. That's anyway, what I thought. <laughs> that's, but anyway, that, look, that's yeah. what, no, I, I thought it wasn't a yellow card. I thought it was one. You know, one of one of those. Yeah. I, I thought it didn't look like a yellow card offence to me. But, yeah, but the, uh, the important thing was we have. Um, we had people like Cormac Kyle come in. Like, I mean, sure, there's no difference between me and Cormac Kyle at all. Like, he's just as good and maybe just I'm in a bit of better form at the moment or whatever, but that could change next week. So the important thing from our point of view was not that I wasn't on the field. It was more important that there's someone to take my place that's just as good. And that's the strength and depth yeah. that that Ross Common panel has this year. I mean, he came in and he, I, I was chatting to him last night. I said, geez, it was great to see you. He came in, he, he cleared a few lovely balls and he got in a couple of interceptions and he, he worked so hard over there. So, I mean, that's far more important than, than any lad being on the field is to have that that strength and depth. So if someone does pick up with a suspension or an injury or whatever the case may be between this and next Saturday, that we have people that are good enough and just as good as the people like we thirty nine lads we thirteen lads there yesterday who were told that they couldn't come to the match. Like I mean it's it's heartbreaking for them boys because I see the effort they're putting in in training. They're working they're working just as hard as number one to fifteen and you have the 11 lads on the line then making up to 26 and they're working just as hard as 115 but then you've 13 lads at home that can't even tog out and they're going to be there Tuesday, they're going to be there again tomorrow night like working like dogs trying to get into that panel but it's possible because if you look at the team from, from the Wicklow game we had say Paul Dolan from Pierce's wasn't on the panel for us the last day he's into the team the next day Oshin Kelly wasn't on the panel for Wicklow he comes on makes a big impact yesterday for us so, I mean, we have really got strength and depth and there's opportunities for lads there who weren't even on the panel yesterday to be on the starting 15 next Saturday against Kildare. So, you know, it, it's brilliant, the competitiveness in training and the, and the competitiveness for positions on the field and on the panel. It, it's brilliant. It's driving us all on to be to be better players individually and, and better as a team collectively. That's it, and uh, you know I, I know Johnny King, Johnny King as well, and he's a lovely fellow. I interviewed him once or twice. A lovely guy. I'd say if he, you know we discussed him as well yourself and myself as well. A very fair guy. So I suppose it was tough for him to leave those lads out because he he knew he he would have known as well the the effort that those lads those thirteen lads put out. But uh, I suppose if he had his way, he'd tug everyone out. But I suppose the rules dictate that he can only he can only tug out. 
X amount of players, and that's it. That that's it on the on the day. But uh, as you said, that that's the that's the wonderful thing about it with the competitiveness. You might be in it. You might be in the squad last last week, but you could be in it this week, or you might have been in it this week, but you might be in it next week. You know? Yeah. And that that's uh, you know he probably sees that, and I, I suppose everyone gives. And if they don't make the certain fifteen, at least they're they're on the bench. So I suppose. He, he tries to be. I'm sure Johnny tries to be fair and give everyone give give everyone a fair crack at the whip. Hundred percent. Like I mean, it's there's no room for a comfort zone this year. Uh, look, I mean, years gone by, we didn't have the numbers. Like, so you're only working with a, a group of 25, 26, and it's easy for it's easy for lad to take his eye off the ball for a few weeks there because he knows he's going to be in the panel anyway. Like, but that's not the case this year. You take your eye off the ball, like anyone, anyone in that first fifteen. Like, you take your eye off the ball tomorrow night. And you turn up to training with a bad attitude, and you you're looking sloppy or you're looking tired. All of a sudden, Johnny's scratching his head, going, "Is this lad going to be able to do a job for me on Saturday?" So every training session now is important. Every every training session and your body language and training and your energy levels and how you apply yourself to the drills. It's all it's all relevant now because there's that extra competition there, and there's lads chomping at the bit to get a chance just to get into the squad. I mean, we never we've never had that before. We've always just had a. That's we've it. always just had the twenty three, twenty four, twenty five lads tipping along there from, from whatever November until the following April or May, and you, you know, I mean, if things are not going well for you, it's easy to take your eye off the ball and just become complacent and go, Irish are I'm going to be starting or Irish are I'm going to be number twenty two anyway, whatever the case may be. But that day is gone. That's not going to work anymore, and it's brilliant. It's the only way forward for for the weaker counties, like, you know, Ross County will class the weaker county, but we're trying to get ourselves up there and competing with, with teams at the next level. And that the only way we're going to do it is if there's massive, massive competition for places, massive amount of numbers of people that want to play and want to represent Ross Common. And if they want to do that, then they're going to have to be better than the lads that are there already. So they're going to have to work hard. And if the lads are there already want to stay, they're going to have to work harder. So it's it's a great competitive environment. And there's no room for complacency, no comfort zones at all this year. That's it. And I suppose with that in mind, it's nearly kind of, you have to have a selfish streak, even though, you know, you you get on well with your teammates and all that. When it comes to, if you want to get into the starting 15 or even the even to, just to tug out and be on the bench, you have to just think of yourself. You know, if you if you want to just just to break into the the, the uh, twenty six that are talking. Yeah, out. look, you have to bring a bit uh, of bite to training. I mean, there's no point in going to train and go through the motions, like because that's not what's going to happen. Didn't happen yesterday, or didn't happen again Wicklow. Like, so I mean, you have to bring a bit of bite to training now, and it, it's it's yeah. Look, I mean, obviously players want to play. There's there's no one going into that to be number thirty nine. Everyone is going in to be on the number one to fifteen. You know that's where that's the nature of players. Um, but it's it's for the overall good of the panel is what you're doing as well, and for the overall state of Roscommon hurling, it, that has that has to be a motivating factor as well. But but by pushing by each individual pushing themselves to the maximum of their limits and getting the most out of themselves, that's in turn just naturally going to bring on the group. It brings in. It just brings in a, a real working environment, a high class environment where people accept their standards are just just raised a bit higher and their expectation amongst the group is higher. Um and players are, are getting on to each other and training, like, you know, what's going on tonight? You know, you're not focused and we're not afraid to drive each other on and give each other a bit of criticism where it's needed. Um it's good. Look, I'm telling you, it's it's 
it's really positive. Um, it's been a re- we're in a semi final now. We're seventy minutes in Crow Park. We've absolutely nothing to lose because there's very very few people apart from ourselves going to give ourselves a chance on Saturday. Um, I mean the the prize is huge. You get to Crow mm-hmm. Park, and you're guaranteed McDonough Cup hurling next year because the two teams go up. So you're looking at Roscommon being in class in the top 14 teams in the in the country if we could manage to do it like. So the prize is absolutely huge. Um, again, we've nothing to lose, but there's there's a great attitude amongst this group of players and we're fully focused on doing a job next Saturday in Kildare and giving 100% of what we have and hopefully that's enough. That's it. And I suppose really look, looking at yesterday's performance, um, did you think that there's there was anything that you kind of need to improve on for the next day against Kildare because they they're kind of a you know they're they're a very they're they're just good they're just as good if not if not better uh, than um than Sligo. So are there any things that you think we'll you to, need to improve we'll have to on improve. the next day? Well, we're not sure within our group is everything can be better. So no matter what we did, even if we won by yeah, look, we were never going to be blowing anyone out of the water like that's that that the t- the the competition is too tight. But even if we went out by yesterday and won by 20 points, we'd be scratching our heads wondering how we could have won by 21. That's that's the culture that's in, in our group now. And look, yeah, we won. That's great. You you know, that's what, that was the goal yesterday, going to the match. But what's more important for us this week is to look at the things that didn't go right rather than the things that go that went right. Because the things that go right inevitably are going to go right. You know, again, they're, they're things that we're comfortable with. It's what went wrong. It's players' attitudes during the game. It's how he reacted to a bad pass or a foul or a free being given again, yeah, or bad handling of the ball. How did the player react and things like that? So we're we're going to try and improve on everything. Uh, no one is going to be getting too much praise from yesterday. It's more important to get the constructive criticism than it is uh, uh, some lad to tell you, oh, GC had a great game. So that's that's not. You can't be resting on your laurels, going, yeah, the great game. You, you have to be looking to see. I can. They're going to be a a step up as well. Like uh, they're very good. I mean, we played them already this year. Mm. They're very, very skillful, uh, very young, very athletic team. They've seven or eight players from that NACE team that are they're really dominant in, in Kildare Hurling. Um they're really, really top quality players now. Um a lot of them are playing Fitzgibbon Cup hurling and things like that. Like so that'll tell you the standard of player that they have. So we're up again at like I mean we're travelling up yes. to them. I'm sure I look, the options for them yesterday were were Roscommon or Offaly. So I'm fairly sure they were hoping that they, they pulled Roscommon out of the hat, like, you know. So they've got everything they wanted now. So maybe the pressure on them is to actually turn up on the day and, and produce a performance now. So the pressure is, I'll say it again, like, there's no pressure on us. We, we're in a semi final. Not many people are going to give us a chance, but within the group, we have belief that we, we can turn up and we can do a job next yeah. Saturday. Um, we have the skill, we have the, the fitness, we have the talent and we have the squad that's going to be required to, to pull off what will be a momentum. It'll be momentous. It's, it's a massive task. Like I mean, we're under no illusion. But the belief is there. I, I believe we can do it if we turn up with the right attitude and right application on the day. And I know all the lads are the same. So we're look, just looking forward to getting back in now tomorrow night, getting the heads refocused looking at what went wrong and looking at where we can improve. That's it. And of course, uh, yesterday during the game, like in, in each half, Sligo had uh, had two goal chances, one in each half. And 
you know, they 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 were they, they put them wide, which probably on another day they would have, they, they would have scored. But uh, you know, they, they had a good chance in uh, in the second half, and and Nace, as we were touching on earlier on, he made he made a, a great stop on the line, like it just he just put out, put out his big hand, and he you know one that was it was actually going in, and he just put out the hand, and it was a great save. So. It's uh, it's great to see that you know he he's as he is a solid keeper and he's you know his strength as well for you know when he's coming for the ball he he made some very good interceptions yesterday as well so you know that that'll be that'll be a huge uh, confidence boost like you said when you, you you know that he he's behind you in the skill and the strength that he has you you know that uh, he'd be there to kind of back you up you know if anything if a ball spills or anything and it falls to an opponent's player. That, uh, yeah, they got in a couple of times. Like, I suppose something we could look at is we didn't really create many of those kind of goal opportunities ourselves. Um, so it's definitely something we'll be looking at. But uh, yeah, they, they did. They got in behind us uh, the first half. Anyway, I think he probably should have finished that. Uh, that chap, whoever he was, he, he definitely should have finished that. In the second half, <laughs> Nays made it look probably easier than it was like when he stuck out the hand and just caught. But that's what I was saying to you. That's his strength has been his fielding and his, his primary possession win and out the field and the forwards for years. Like, so I suppose it looked a bit unorthodox at the time, but that's what he's going to bring to the table. Like, you know, he's, he's a hundred percent belief in his own ability there and he, he won't drop very much in fairness to him. It's, it's definitely one of his, his, uh, his key strengths that he brings to the team is his, his, uh, his handling. So, um, yeah, yeah. Something we're going to have to look at. We're going to have to try and, stop Kildare getting in uh, and try and get ourselves in a bit more often next Saturday. That's it. Well, uh, myself and Ray, we'd like to, we'd like to wish you the very best of luck uh, on Saturday for, against, uh, against uh, Kildare in, uh, in Newbridge. Not, not an easy place to go, but uh, you know, you have your, you'll have your preparations done and you'll know the players and what, you know, what you need to do and that. And, uh, of course, we we have that uh, as I said, we did have a commentary, a match commentary podcast on that, and that'll be available. We we're actually speaking to the uh, the county board, uh, you know, your secretary there, a lovely woman, and and uh, Connerton, and uh, so we're we're going to be sending on the uh, the podcast to her, so you can have a listen to to you can have a listen back to to yesterday's game. But uh, myself and Ray again would like to great, thanks, Ed. For no problem. Thanks very much. And that was uh, Roscommon Senior Hurler. Hello, Ollie. How are you doing? And welcome to uh, Roscommon LGFA. How are you? Hi, Ed. How's things? Not too bad. No, not too bad. And I'd like to welcome all all the listeners to to this podcast. And I hope you, I hope they enjoy what what we have to talk uh, to talk about today. Well, uh, some great news, some great positive news to come out of the weekend, I suppose. Uh, apart from yourself and the hurlers are kind of the only uh, the, the only uh, good news um, to, for, from the weekend. The, the senior footballers lost to, to a very good, good a very good Mayo team in in Doctor High Park, and of course myself and Ray were doing a commentary podcasts on the Roscommon Sligo game and the Christie Ring Cup in that league. So, and of course. Uh, I suppose Roscommon did a double with your with the the Roscommon ladies doing doing well at the weekend with a win over Wexford. Yeah, terrific win, Eden. Uh, pressure game. Uh, yeah. We last time we spoke, we knew the importance of it because uh, really it was knocked out because of Wexford having the game the week before again, awfully. So, and which they won convincingly, which we kind of expected. 
so that put the pressure on us because we'll hopefully, once things are not taken for granted, it must come and get off over awfully next weekend. We'd be in a semi final. So yeah, great feel good factor, and you could see the emotion after the the final whistle. There was a big outpouring of emotion, and everyone knew the importance of the of the victory. And uh, yeah, the feel good factor is there now. So now we need to uh, tap into that and keep keep the heads on the ground and 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 go for it. That's it, and of course, uh, you know, going into this man, going into this. Uh, into the game at the weekend, there's new manager, so there's a lot of a new coach and uh, set, set up and all that. So, you know, I, I suppose a lot to look forward to with regards to Wexford, and uh, of course the girls were were well prepared. But I suppose just to to take us through the game and you, you know the the performance and, and things like that. Well, it, Roscommon, which was which was marvelous to see. Um, we thought Wexford would be the team that would dictate at the beginning because of the fact they had the game uh, the week the week previous, but in fact it was uh, it was uh, Roscommon who got out of the blocks very quick with a Schneider Glennon goal inside two minutes, and that really sets tone and a terrific first half that led us leading by uh, five six points. So while Wexford the, the expected Wexford comeback did come, did materialise in the second half and came back very strongly and we were probably hanging on a small bit near the end. Thankfully, the work was done, and uh, in that it was a terrific game of football, and it was end to end. And but it was definitely the start that that got, got, got us coming in the, in the commanding position. They were able to kind of dictate the game from there on in, and vital substitutions made, made a big difference at vital times too. So the panel, there was a full panel effort, and um, but certainly a, a, a terrific game of football and a, a terrific result. And, and when you play those high octane types of games, it's it's great to come out to winning end and. It certainly will bring. It's better than ten training sessions. It will bring bring Ross Common on. Hopefully, leaps and bounds. That's it, and I suppose uh, you know it, it was great to get that that result. And I suppose uh, like like we discussed in a previous interview as well, it was great to see a few new additions to the panel as well. Yeah, and like all of this was uh, we had spoken earlier about it um, pre-season. There's a lot of changes on the panel this year. A lot of the young girls that came through minor the last couple of years are now making inroads into the senior panel and it's terrific but you don't know until the day comes how these things are going to work but it worked well and the young girls certainly had a huge part to play and uh, they have certainly strengthened the, the, the panel there's no question about that uh, there was never a doubt in their ability um, but um, it's just to make that step up to senior level and or intermediate level but senior added level and uh, certainly they looked they looked composed they looked strong they looked full of energy and they've kind of uh, rejuvenated the older Group two, which is important, they've given a new lease of life to the to the older brigade, the Laura Fleming's, Jenny Higgins's, Joanne Craig's, and they were terrific on Sunday as well. So there's a nice blend there at the moment, and uh, hopefully, as I said, they can continue going. But it's only one game, and it's important to remember that. And uh, there's no no trophies or, or, or medals handed out for winning the first round. That's it, and I suppose like that the players went into this game. You know, the players that are on the panel. Haven't had a, what has to be said a very good uh, club championship as well, you know. And uh, as we said in the in, in the previous interview, they really uh, they really st- a lot of players really stood out throughout that championship. And uh, you know there was some great games, some very tight games as well. And uh, you and me spoke at the the county final as well, and that was a that was a great uh, county final as well with some very, with great talent. Uh, on show on the day, and there was a number of number of those people, number of those pa- people on the or players on the panel, so which was great. So I suppose like when you have players that had a great championship, 
and then they get into the county panel that's a, it's a huge boost to have ex- that experience behind them and uh, you know they look forward to uh, representing their county as any player would and uh, you know having having that win now behind you uh, against Wexford will give will be a great confidence boost to both the management and coach and staff and backup staff and the players as well oh yeah absolutely and like i said it, it is all about uh... It is all about the getting that that one win and the confidence, and hopefully they'll be strong enough now to move on next week. And uh, then you've you've the you've a, a semi finals look forward to, possibly against neighbours Westmead. So you don't know anything can happen in that. Uh, but look, we won't look too far ahead. It's literally one game at a time. It's the old cliche, but it's it's a hundred percent accurate, especially when you're dealing with a young panel. And yeah, you're right. That I mean, that I think I think, and it's something that the, the LGFA and of course the GAA. I know the GAA are looking at it, but certainly the LGFA have to look at it too. The, the idea of the split season, I think it was much benefit, much more benefit to the players. Number one, to get a full club campaign in, and certainly for the county management teams, the fact that their players have come through it, a, a, a rigorous club system, and 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 game time, and that 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 it, it cuts out a lot of the physical. Having to do pre-season and stuff like that, so yeah, there, there seem to players seem to be in a better place for them, and it's certainly a model that I think both associations should seriously look at going forward. Um, then on the the playing front, yeah, yeah, the season is set up nicely for us now, so hopefully, as I said, we don't get over the the the, 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 the without being dismissive to to, to Offaly, but uh, if we can get over Offaly, um, it's it's uh, it's it's a one hell of a battle to look forward to, and hopefully in the semi-final against Westmead. That's it, and I suppose like you were touching on pre-season and that, uh, the good thing about the way the, the season was split this this season was that you could nearly say that there was the, the championship was, was pre-season because it gives players that may, maybe on a normal season in the past, maybe, you know, the the, the county panel is kind of already picked and that's what the, the county the county manager is, is working with, but having it done this way means that there's there's other players that, you know, the, the manager can go to games and see them and maybe spot a player that say, oh, well, we must bring that person into the squad and or even just to train with the with, with the other girls, it would bring that play, those players on as well. So it, it's a great way to uh, put themselves into the in the shop window for consideration for the panel. Absolutely. Uh, no matter what way you look at it, 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 it. The merits of the club before, of course, it was poor by default this year with the COVID and the pandemic, but it certainly had a huge benefit to ourselves. And I'm sure every lots of county panels will say that. Yes, it gave it like we were probably drifting a little bit in this when pre-COVID, and as you said, the same players, and maybe there's a little bit of the players realise, oh well, sure, look at them on the county panel now, and that's a bit of it, and 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 that the. The club player probably doesn't get a chance, but certainly with the club championship running before the the inter county, it, it it put everyone in the shop window, and the management had an opportunity to see everybody in a real competitive environment, and that's very important because when you go into county training, even if you are invited in, and it's not it's not competitive at the end of the day, and it's it's, it's a training match, but when you're in a club competitive situation, it brings out the best in a lot of players, and um, yeah, and as a result of five or six new players added to the panel, and that's the way it should be, and. Certainly, as I said, uh, that would be the format I would be pushing for going forward. Uh, that uh, and hopefully the LGFA will will, will be able, will will see that as well and, and allow players to play with their club first, and then you can have a cracking uh, senior season and an intercounty season, and everybody can sit back and enjoy it, and 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 that people are enjoying it, and it's great at the moment. So lots of TV exposure and 
different um, media outlets and, 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 and that. So it, it's great for the game. So to me, it's, it's a win-win to, to keep, keep the current format going and, and put it in place that is permanently, that is that way. That's it. And I mean, like we've seen it now over the last number of weeks now with the, uh, you know, there's a lot, uh, it's great to see the amount of ladies football matches that are on TG Car and be, being shown as well over the last number of weekends, which is which is great to see. And that, that's a great boost for the game. But I suppose really for yourselves, looking ahead to the Offaly game, uh, you were saying like that they were bet by Wexford the previous weekend. So, uh, you know, Having the, them have a uh, having uh, Wexford beaten beaten awfully, and then you played you played Wexford and beat them. It's uh, I suppose really the, the thing about awfully is that they'll 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 want to be pro- proven a point in uh, you know against yourselves as well. So you know they probably would have learned from that uh, game against Wexford. So the, I suppose you, you could nearly say would they have would they have learned a lot from that and and should have improved for their, their clash against yourselves but I suppose with the quality that you have as well uh, you, you, would you be fairly confident that you'd be confident of overcoming awfully in that game ah uh, you would you know look there's no point saying you wouldn't would be confident but at the same time we wouldn't be we wouldn't be overconfident or, or cocky it's just that we believe in our ability we believe in our squad um. And you can't really go by pieces. I mean, from the obvious point of view, it's 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 this situation that they want that they're still in the championship, and 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 there's a lot there'll be a lot of dead rubbers this weekend, unfortunately, with the with the format of the you know, for example, if you take Dublin and the senior ladies that won the first two games, so the other two teams will clash this weekend, and neither of them will go up against Dublin. But in our group, this is the best scenario for Offaly because um, if Wexford had beaten us, our game would have been a dead rubber. Whereas now, Offaly have an opportunity if they beat us that the three teams end up level and it comes down to points difference so yes that that's the incentive is there but um, can awfully improve that they shipped I think in the end a seven or eight point I forget the exact quantity a, a defeat to Wexford so look at football as football and anything can happen as you Cork and Kerry last Sunday in, 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 in the match so awfully will we'll, we'll try and keep it tight they will, they will have video and looked at our game last Sunday and they'll, they'll have a they'll have a plan to try and stop Roscommon or Whatever they, they they try to do, so it could it could be it could be very tight for a long period of time. But hopefully we we pull through in the end. I mean, at the end of the day, we only need a draw. But obviously, you won't be going out to win the match. But um, the whole thing is not to lose the game, and then you top the group, and that, that's it. That's it. And of course, the, the you know the best thing, the best scenario was uh, from the Wexford game was to come through without any without any injuries. So on that front, was there any injuries coming out of the uh, the Wexford game on last? Not season? at the moment, anyway. And uh, well, obviously they're not back training until tonight, but uh, uh, it doesn't appear to be. Everyone seems to come through okay. So a few sore limbs and a few sore bodies, but nothing. And like with the matches coming thick and fast now, it really. There's very little goes on during the week between the games. It's just a small as a game plan, switching to the opposition, bit of video work, stuff like that. Recovery, recovery, right, rest, uh, light, light session tonight, light session probably Thursday night. I think the game is Saturday, so it's 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 really just a matter of concentrating on the opposition and uh, getting better at what we did right, uh, looking at our own game and probably. A lot of the aspects were very good last Sunday, so just trying to improve on that and cut down on the mistakes. And uh, that's it. That's all you can do. That's it. And I suppose that's that's. Um, I suppose that the strange thing too for the is uh, about the championship is normally it's played in the summer and now it's kind of winter football. So the competition, the competition is going to be 
held in very wintry conditions. I mean, we, we've seen it in a number of the men's games there, um, more so kind of down in Porky Cueve for the Munster semi-final. You know, very torrential weather and that. And, uh, you know, that, that can that can kind of help or deteriorate, you know, the conditions can dictate, I suppose, how teams play as well, because it's very unusual to have a championship in the winter months. Yeah, it is. Look, at it's, it's a very unusual year overall, but all you can do is try and adapt and, and take to make it. It's the same for every team. Like, I mean, that's the one thing I firmly believe in. It's the same. Uh, you can't really make excuses about the weather and the pitches and that. It, it, both teams have to go and play on the same conditions and the same weather. So it's how you adapt to them. It's Look, at it. Uh, and it's, it's, it's terrific to be playing football. We didn't think we even have a championship this year. So now that we're in the thick of it, it's brilliant for everybody's mental health. It's brilliant for the spectators. Okay, we'd love the supporters at the game, but at least they can see the matches and, and, and it's great for the girls and it's great for exposure. In fact, there's probably more matches on TV now than it was ever on TV. So in one sense, there's a small bit of similar hope. The only thing too, that, 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 with the exception, I think, <laughs> with the men's game above Melody Fofay a couple of weeks ago, most inter-county pitches nowadays are top-class pitches and we played on a pitch last Sunday and playing and, and it wouldn't be any better in June than it was last Sunday. It was absolutely fantastic. Bouncing the ball, everything. So a lot of lot of pitches now are, are and thankfully the women are getting to play a lot of their matches in, in, in inter-county stadiums the same as anywhere else and you're getting the best of facilities. So it's up to you to adapt to it and that's it. Like And it's great to be playing football. That's it. And of course, the, the girls, as we know, you know, the, the train just as hard as the men and it's great to see you know, as we discussed on previous uh, pre- previous interviews as well, that that, that they're getting the same interview. You know, they're getting the same opportunities and same facilities and everything as the men's, and that's that that's so that's the way it should have always been. Absolutely. And uh, you know, it's great to see it now. Oh, it's know? brilliant! And look at the exposure they're getting. TG Carter is phenomenal there, and most counties themselves now are. Uh, have all their media links set up with Facebook and, and, and YouTube channels and, 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 and so there's really you can I think you could watch you could watch seven or eight games there live on Sunday and you could pick pick and hop and choose which one you want to watch it and that's and all with commentary and excellent camera work and everything. So great and great for families of the players and, and spectators and everything, you know. Um, now there's no substitute for the ground being full, but look at as I said, we're playing football, we'll get back to that. Please God, and you know, never know if 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 if, if there's a small bit of a, a lift in December before the finals and semi-finals are played. There may be a few people allowed in, and and and, and that would be a huge help too. But um, it's just great to be playing football, as I said, without repeating myself. And uh, we're going to give it every every shot we can give it, and, and every chance, and leave no no stone unturned. Hopefully. That's it, and I know, like with all the things that have happened uh, this year with COVID and other things, and. You know, there's priorities kind of outside of football, but you know, as a player now, you know, playing in the, in the intermediate championship or the you know the, the level that you're playing at this year, uh, you know, with the quality of squad you have, I'm I'm sure the target is well, obviously to get through to to win the title, but but also wouldn't it be great that you know if by the end of the by the end of the season or if you get to the uh, the All Ireland final or win it, there'll be. Uh, you know the promised land of the of senior football would be would, would be a great incentive for next. Ah, season. yeah. Look, it's the ultimate goal, and it has been for a number of years. And you know we've got close. We've lost the last two semi-finals in the same position to meet, and meet are still there. But the chance this year is that they're, they're, they're the other side of the draw. So I suppose uh, progress this year would probably look at we're going into it to win it. Everyone, everyone out there is is, is going to win it. Um, 
But for us, a huge step would be to get over that mantle of the semi-final and get to Grove Park for all the final day. And what a boost it would give to the county and the kids and support or something. And with this crop of girls that's coming up from minor the last couple of years and this year's minor thing, that it really, they really are the the cream of the current Roscommon ladies football scene. And and together with the, the few girls that's that's still in their prime at twenty five and twenty six, the, the older girls, it 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 has to happen. Hopefully in the next few years, but it won't just happen. We have to make it happen. And but I think the right steps being put on board with the outgoing coaches and the incoming coaches and manager and new management team is a huge step up for for a huge appointment for ladies football here in Roscommon. And uh, hopefully it's not too a big day in Crow Park. It's not too far away. And yes, you're right. The ultimate goal has to be senior football. And Roscommon should be competing at senior football. I mean, we're competing at the top level at underage. With ladies football, we're playing in the finals against Galway Mayo, beating Mayo regularly, and uh, so look at it's time to get the the adult team up there and 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 and, and try and compete at the top level because everyone wants to play at the top level. That's it because I suppose really you you look at the uh, the more experienced players, the likes of uh, Jenny Higgins and players like that. You know, it wouldn't be great to to see you know for all the service that they've put in for for their county. You know, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be lovely to see them playing the ultimate uh, the ultimate level senior football like you know and and perform on the big stage which is which is every ah yeah team. look she's been Jenny's been a wonderful servant and there's a few more of them there there's Joanne Craig there's Helena Cummins there on goal there's Sinead Kenny they've been there now they've been there and and but. They they all ask common foot ladies football nothing but they, yeah yes of course they want to finish their career as senior footballers and um, like they're a long way from being finished Jenny may be the oldest but but the rest are, are all only 26, 27, whatever and they have a few years to give and it's vital to have that 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 different that cog between experience and you too you know um. I know a man once famously said he'd win nothing with, with, with young lads, but uh, Man United may have been the exception. But uh, uh, you do need that nice blend, and there is a nice blend there at the moment. And there, if I did, them girls have a vital part to play, and over the next year or two, and and and, and their day is not done yet. And uh, look at yeah, it would be a great, but unfortunately, on a on, a, on another twist to it is there's a lot of you and I could spend all day talking about the, the great footballers that never got to play or never got an honour in the middle it just doesn't happen you have to earn it and uh, look Roscommon ladies football went to board and with the coaches that's involved and the officers certainly have made huge strides in the last couple of years and I think it's strides in the right direction and now the whole emphasis has to be put on the, the big team and, 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 and pushing that up to, to, to the next level and uh, every all parties involved are behind it and so look you need a bit of luck you need a bit of Things to go your way, but hopefully that big day is not too far away. That's it, and I suppose the the Offaly game um, is that a home game? No, it's neutral uh, because of COVID. Uh, most the the the, the LGFA the way they ran their uh, unlike the lads. The, well, I think the lads did a lot too, but mainly all the LGFA venues are kind of settled venues, so we're playing in the same venue we played the last couple of the games in Kinnegadon. Saturday, um, so Kinnegadon is a designated venue for ladies football, so was playing where we were last weekend. So in that sense, it it also doesn't give any county an advantage. It, look at this neutral venue, and that's the way it is. And uh, it's uh, it's 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 the way it is. And look what you have to go, and you have to win it. And that's all you have to do. Often, as I said, we'll have we'll see this as an opportunity. This it's a chance for them. Everyone will be writing them off. We'll be strong favourites. It's a position that we don't like to be in, but we can't do anything about that. Um, the game still has to be won, and it doesn't matter if it's won by an ugly point or a fluky goal or whatever. You know, it just it just has to be won. It's not about, it's not it's not That's all it. is about performance. It, 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 when you get to this stage of the championship, it's about results. That's it. Like. 
that's it. That's it. Well, listen, thanks very much for uh, taking the time out to do the interview with us. And we'd like to wish uh, the Roscommon ladies all the best uh, against Offaly. Uh, thanks, thanks, Ed. Thanks very much. Thank you. No problem. Thanks very much. And that was Ollie Colgan from Roscommon.